Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Just setting the scene. We're always rearranging here uh, at the ESPN MT studio. What's up, everybody? It's so trippy. I said this yesterday, but I can see myself on the TV up here. But I'm like 10 seconds behind what I'm doing right now. And uh, so it's always fun. Rearranging. Got my Lawrence Taylor picture in the uh, in the corner here now. We're going to do some rotating art. Welcome in. New on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. No matter how you're tuning in, we appreciate you being here. You can always stream the show as well online, 1029ESPN.com. Just click on Listen Live. A ton to get to today. I am Coulter Nuanas. I take you around the wide world of sports each and every weekday right here on ESPN Radio right between 4 and 6 p.m. We'll get things started. This is sort of our Wednesday routine these days. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, Bet MGM. He'll join us here in just a couple minutes. Take us around the FCS. Uh, he is the senior FCS analyst for Hero Sports. So we'll talk about uh, yet another weekend jam-packed full of pivotal uh, matchups in the Big Sky Conference. The Cats are off this week. Weber State hosts Montana. Both those teams coming off losses. And Idaho plays at Sac State. Sac State remains undefeated, number two in the country. The Vandals rapidly climbing the top 25, and they are undefeated in league play as well. Who would have thought Idaho at Sac State would be a game with Big Sky Conference championship ramifications on both sides, but it is. And we'll also take a look at College Game Day coming to the FCS. But not Fargo, not Missoula, not Bozeman, Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson State gets College Game Day, so we'll... Ask Sam a little bit about that as well and some of the other key storylines uh, throughout the uh, the United States at the FCS level. Alex Eshelman, SWX Montana Television, will join us for our Montana State Minute uh, to catch up about the Bobcats as they are on their bye this week. Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey, will be here. And with him, we will give you an opportunity to win a couple pairs of tickets to uh, Grizz Hockey this upcoming weekend. And we will also give you an opportunity to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It's our Wing It Wednesday. Hour number two, we'll get things kicked off with the ESPN Roundtable. I was efforting a former Mr. Irrelevant. I didn't uh, effort him by calling him that, but it's actually a great title because it means he got drafted. And, you know, the, the title in its essence is kind of saying, oh, man, the last man drafted. But now if you have perspective on the NFL, if you get drafted at all, you're an unbelievable talent and an unbelievable player. I was trying to get a hold of Tim Toon, who was uh, the last player drafted in the 2010 NFL draft, a wide receiver out of Weaver State. He's my exact same uh, age. I remember being in college with him the entire duration, and uh, but I wasn't able to tra- track Tim down. Maybe someday, you know, Big Sky Breakdown podcast or something. Montana at Weaver State, so I just thought he was a, a good perspective because not only was he an NFL player there out of Weaver State, but also a guy who was a part of uh, a win – by Weber over Montana in 2008. That was the only Big Sky Conference loss of Bobby Houck's first tenure with the Grizzlies, 31-1. and Coach Houck's last four years at Montana between 2006 and 2009. Tim Toon was on that Weber State team that handed him that one loss. Wasn't able to get a hold of Tim Toon, so 
we'll do a little Big Sky Conference blindside. Andrew Houghton, our man in the back, our producer here at ESPN, MT, he will uh, join in on the conversation, and uh, we'll talk some key storylines right now. Just a week before the beginning of November, last weekend of October around the Big Sky. So that'll be fun. And then our Grizz star of the week, 5.30, Marcus Wellnell. He's a senior inside linebacker for the Grizz, a uh, proud owner, uh, proud wearer, I should say. He's a proud bearer, torchbearer of the number 37 jersey uh, for the Montana Grizzlies. So we'll look forward to catching up uh, with Marcus as well. There you go. That's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have, give Brent and his team a call today. A uh, huge story in the NFL today. Robert Quinn traded to the Eagles, which is uh, interesting. So we'll, maybe we'll come back uh, around to that. Uh, the Eagles definitely sensing that they have an opportunity for sure uh, to really, really make a run at it uh, in the NFL. Uh, other piece of local news, the William V. Campbell Trophy is basically the academic Heisman for all of Division I football. Troy Anderson of Montana State was a finalist for the William V. Campbell Trophy last year. And Robbie Houck of the University of Montana was a semifinalist for the Campbell. This year, he did not make the finalist list. Cut down to 15 today, but still a great honor for Robbie Houck to be uh, on the Campbell Trophy list uh, whatsoever. We go down to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in our great friend, Sam Herter, Hero Sports Bet MGM. He joins us to lead each Wednesday show, talking all things football championship subdivision. Sam, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Doing pretty good. Should be a, a good segment this week, so I'm excited to talk about some uh, Montana, Montana State, and some SCS football. Well, I know that you were uh, on a road trip a couple weeks ago, but this time uh, back, I'm assuming just back at your home watching games, or what? where were you at this last weekend? Yep, uh, just at my house uh, watching. It had about, what, six, seven screens going all at the same <laughs> You're time. You're amazing, so that's, man. I, I, I said it last week that it makes it a lot easier to know exactly what's going on in the FCS landscape rather than uh, traveling every week. And so, yep, just, just sitting back and watching a lot of games this last weekend. Yeah, it's interesting because we drove to and from Bozeman, uh, from Missoula on Saturday. Uh, left early on uh, Saturday morning and then... Uh, rolled into Bobcat Stadium, watched a wild one, and then there was enough time to turn around and drive home before the Grizz even got started on Saturday night. That's uh, so a lot of space between games, watching football into the wee hours of the morning. Um, but let's start with um, the big sky as it was, because I think we had this uh, October 22nd date circled on the calendar ever since the off season. I know, I, and I've already proclaimed this on this show a couple times already this week, I kind of know what I learned and what I didn't learn between these two premier Big Sky matchups. What did you learn? What were your takeaways uh, from Saturday, particularly when it comes to the two top five games in Bozeman and Sacramento? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of hard to really get a, a good gauge on what exactly uh, we did learn, honestly, now that, I, now that I think about it, just because the the Montana State Weber State game really could have gone either way. You know, I feel like the um, that was a game that maybe neither team <laughs> neither team deserved to win. Uh, and Montana State being the the winning team, maybe they just threw out the film and and and, and burned it and and just decided, you know what, we're happy we won that game, but let's just flush that one. Um, and so that was a crazy back and forth game, kind of the same thing with Montana uh, Sac State uh, as well. Um, you know, kind of a uh, 50-50 game there. Things could have shaken out a lot differently, and you know the the narratives could have shifted uh, with both of these results. Uh, but I think you, you know you, for this, I, I think you kind of learn overall, you know, just how good Montana State's offensive line is, no matter uh, who's in there. And I think you also learn while Sac State got the got the win. You know, my main takeaway from that game, or not my main takeaway, but one of the top takeaways was, you know, I wasn't super, super impressed with Sac State's run defense. Uh, Montana, I thought, had some good momentum going in their running uh, attack, and that's kind of my number one question mark for Sac State on if they can actually win a national title is, you know, can they hold up against the run if they do face a team like South Dakota State or North Dakota State? And so those are, those are kind of some of the more major takeaways uh, besides just the results. We'll come back to some of the specifics of those games and the upcoming matchup this next week. Sam Herder joining us here on Nuanas Now, uh, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Uh, South Dakota State, after their big win uh, over North Dakota State, 
They stayed number one, and they beat a very good North Dakota team pretty soundly, 49-35. So I know we've talked about Bradley, the South Dakota State team, getting a number one for the first time uh, ever in their Division I history. Great feather in the cap for John Stiglmeyer, who's been there uh, for 25 years and, and helped them into their Division I transition 18, 19 years ago. What is this South Dakota State team doing so well that's, that's helping them uh, maintain and set the pace here in the FCS? Yeah, I think they're just incredibly balanced, uh, and they're experienced as well. Uh, you know, being down 21-7 a couple of weeks ago at North Dakota State, there was really no panic there. And then I thought this was, you know, arguably just not more impressive, but, you know, not, not too far off as far as impressive wins going to UND um, and getting a road dub there. You know, the final score was 49-35, but UND got a block punt for a touchdown at the end that, you know, made it look like a respectable score, but this was a, a mostly dominating effort by the Jacks. Uh, and UND, coming into this game, had like a crazy, I think it was like 10-1 and record against ranked opponents in the Alaris Center uh, dating back to like 2019. And so UND just has this long track record of beating ranked opponents uh, at home, uh, but South Dakota State, you know, really took control of that second half. And I just think they're, uh, they got a lot of guys that have, you know, been there before that have won a lot of playoff games. A lot of guys are back from that spring season when they, when they made a run to uh, the national title game. And, you know, this, this last, uh, this last weekend, they did it without uh, Isaiah Davis, who was, uh, he got beat up a little bit against North Dakota State, so he missed this game. And also their All-American linebacker, who I think is 1A and 1B as far as best linebackers in the FCS alongside Patrick O'Connell. I think Adam Bach is, is a really good linebacker, and he missed most of that game at UND. And so, uh, you know, they did it without some key players. And so I just think they, they keep on finding, you know, ways to win and keep on finding ways to, to answer the bell when, when maybe people uh, doubt their abilities to get big wins. UND definitely a tough place to play, even when North Dakota was in the big sky as well. I remember going to the Alara Center and watching both Montana and Montana State uh, lose there at UND. So for, uh, Grand Forks certainly a uh, a tough place to play. Sam Herder joining us here on ESPN Radio. He is Senior FCS Analyst at Hero Sports and Bet MGM. Joins us uh, each week here to lead your Wednesday show. The other national team i got to ask you about that I have really no idea about that I'm just curious is – I'll tell you this. I know one thing about Holy Cross, and that's that Bill Simmons went there, <laughs> the the sports guru of the of America, right at this exact moment. Uh, what what do you know about Holy Cross? I mean, they're undefeated. They're seven and zero. They're three and zero in the Patriot League, and uh, they're a top ten team right now. So, what can you tell us? Yeah, it's, it's a program that has almost sneakily had really good recruiting classes the last few years it seems like they've always you know recruiting class rankings especially in the fcs are, are always tough because it's hard to know what to really judge on especially when it's not like you know everyone's bringing in a bunch of three and four star recruits and stuff like that and, and you know the fcs is, is definitely a developmental subdivision uh and so you know you can take what you want as far as recruiting classes but for being a patriot league team with not the full 63 scholarships um, i can't remember how i think the patriot league offers like 52, 51 scholarships or, right. something, or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember, but it's not the full 63. Uh, but they've recruited really well. I mean, they have a, a really, really experienced team coming back. Most of last year's team is coming back uh, from a squad that made the playoffs. Uh, they nearly knocked out Villanova in the playoffs last year. Uh, and Villanova was, was really, really good last year. They, they won a share of the CAA crown uh, back a, a year ago. And, and I believe they actually beat James Madison uh, last fall. And so that was a good Nova team that Holy Cross nearly beat. And a lot of those guys are back, especially on defense. Uh, Matthew Sluka, their quarterback, is a dual-threat guy. Uh, he used to be, uh, you know, he kind of reminds me of Tommy Mallott a little bit, hmm. uh, especially last year. Uh, he, he's bigger than Tommy Mallott, but it's kind of one of those things where you could tell he was a lot more comfortable running the ball uh, rather than throwing it. Uh, but this year, Sluka has really advanced uh, his game as far as a passer, and he looks much more comfortable. You know, just going through his reads and looks much more smoother uh, as a passer. And so he, he's, he's a great quarterback for Holy Cross. And so uh, I know, I think they're number five in, in one of the polls, uh, maybe the coaches' polls or something like that. I don't know if they're that good, but I, I definitely can see this team being potentially in the quarterfinals. Sam Herter joining us. Hero Sports. Bet MGM. Speaking of Tommy Mallott, that was in a game that was known. For, it's funny, like I, I said in one of, uh, I think, our postgame podcasts, I said, Tommy Mallott rushed for 273 yards today, and that was the all-time record for a Big Sky Conference quarterback in a single game. 
It was the second most rushing yards in the history of Montana State in a single game, and yet it was still probably the fifth or sixth most impactful and crazy thing that happened today (laughs) because that game was just all over the place. But I think that is the reason that Montana State was the team that came out on top. I mean, you could talk about uh, Weber State and the the long snaps out of the back of the end zone or the kick and punt return for touchdowns that should have been uh, a huger advantage than they actually ended up being. Also, I mean, Weber State's receivers, I thought, dropped a whole bunch of passes. But all that said, it was the steadying presence and the consistent running of Tommy Mallott uh, that really got the Bobcats their fifth straight Big Sky Conference victory. What have you thought of that whole saga? Because Montana State, they're so fascinating for a lot of reasons. But the dual quarterback system, Sean Chambers out, Tommy Mallott sort of reaffirming himself as the guy as they keep going back and forth. It's it's interesting to watch. It certainly is, and... Yeah, I made the joke that, you know, I'm sure Montana State fans are just kind of hoping and praying at some point they have a normal uh, quarterback situation. But at the same time, like, this is – it's not a normal quarterback situation for Montana State, but it is a, a good quarterback situation uh, they have. It's just incredibly unorthodox. And, uh, you know, I can't remember the last time, probably since 2015 or 2016, when, when Montana State had a kind of a, a normal quarterback situation. Uh, but, yeah, it didn't look good to start with, John Chambers out, and then Malat threw that that nearly pick six, and you're kind of going, oh boy, you know, if, if Malat is you know struggling or out of rhythm, they don't really have that that one B guy to uh, to spell him. But he certainly recovered, you know, an efficient what was he like 15 to 23, something like that, 120 yep. yards. Uh, but on yards, on the yep. ground, yeah, but on the ground, uh, just incredibly lethal, and obviously give credit to the offensive line there for for leading the way. But you know, I. I would love to have a sit-down film session with a, a defensive coordinator or someone to just break down how Tommy Millat is so good at the read option because, you know, it seems like it'd be kind of easy in a way to stop as far as when the right. quarterback keeps it because it's usually, okay, the defensive end, stay home, or maybe it's the outside linebacker, stay home, you always have quarterback. You have quarterback, you have quarterback, you have quarterback. I just remember, you know, my dad was the defensive coordinator back in high school when I played and we ran into, in, in, you know, into some option teams and I can just always hear him, you know, yelling, DM's got quarterback, DM's, DM's got quarterback. Right, right. And so it, it seems like it'd be something easy to stop as far as when he keeps it. But either he's just really good at, at you know, feeling that defense or he's really good at, at hiding the ball, uh, you know, in the guts of the running backs. Uh, but I also think Montana State does a really good job of, um, you know, it's not the same read option look uh, every time. They, sometimes yeah. it's in an empty set when they, when they motion guys out and all of a sudden that motion guy is the lead blocker or they, they pull the guard. And so they just give you so many looks. I mean, I'm just watching that game, and I'm going, man, they just – Weaver State was, what, number 10 in run defense or something like that, right. and they just had no answers for, for Tommy Blatt. And so uh, super impressed with his play. The offensive line is just the play calling, too, to, you know, you can run read option 50 different times, and you can do it, you know, 50 different ways if you want to, I guess. It is so impressive to watch. They do such a good job of moving you horizontally instead of vertically up front, and that gives so much time for the, the runner, whether it's Malat or – uh, you know, the running back to use his eyes and, and find the space. And then Malat's just, I mean, I know it's silly to say at this point because the guy is basically a walking touchdown. I mean, he scored, what, probably eight or nine touchdowns of 35 or 40 yards or more uh, just in the short amount of time he's had. I mean, it's unbelievable to watch his big playability. But he's also just so good. He's faster than you think, which is cliche to say, but it's true. He's, he's one of the fastest guys on the field. And he's also just so good with the ball. I mean, his ball skills are insane. I mean, it's not just being able to throw the ball as a quarterback. It's being able to deceive defenses in a, a multitude of fashions. Sam Herter joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Sac State gets it done in overtime over the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, a multitude of um, downfalls, whether it was from Lucas Johnson getting knocked out of the game or two field goals getting blocked or getting an onside or squib, whatever you want to call it, kick, ricochet right off the front line's face. Uh, regardless, Montana led this game 24-14 with eight minutes to go, and they lose this game 31-24 in overtime. Uh, first of all, what sort of a statement? When did you think this was for Sac State? I mean, I know they were already number two in the country, so uh, expected to win, but uh, still an impressive uh, feather in the cap for Troy Taylor. He just continues to own Montana. Yeah, a really impressive uh, win for Sac State. No matter you know how things shook out, they still found a way to to you know close off that that ten point fourth quarter deficit. Still found a way to 
win in overtime and, you know, say what you want about that, that call on the fourth down, you know, pass. Uh, but, you know, in, in overtime, that was all Sac State's. I mean, they, they ran it down Montana's throat with relative ease using Asher O'Hara. Uh, then on the flip side, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting that Montana elected to throw it. Uh, a few times in that in that overtime, I know there was some some bang bang. You know, was it pass interference? Was it not pass interference sure. or whatever? But you know, I just thought how Sac State answered uh, the call when you know they were down the twenty four fourteen, and and both of those first two touchdown passes uh, were long ones. It's not like they were they were long sustained drives. It, it was just you know hit on a big play, and so Montana was in control of that game most of the way. Uh, you know, I was really impressed with the running game uh, for Montana. I thought the offensive line. Uh, really held that, you know, had control of that game for the Grizz. Um, I thought the running backs got going, you know, especially with, with Lucas Johnson, unfortunately getting, getting knocked out of that game. That was a, you know, a, a tough hit to, to watch. Um, obviously player got uh, disqualified um, and all that, but yeah, yeah, it was a great answer for Sac State and definitely a game that Montana felt like they, they should have won. Well, the merry round continues in the big sky conference. Montana State's off this week. But we have all those other teams we just talked about playing each other again, second weekend in a row. A, uh, I think if you would have said in the preseason that this would be another showdown Saturday and it would include one of the games featuring the Idaho Vandals, I think some people would have said you're crazy. I'm not surprised that Idaho's better under Jason Eck. But if they get past SAC, you're talking about inside track to maybe run the table at Jason Eck's first year in the Big Sky Conference. And I know they still have to play UC Davis, who's who's – Still fighting, hanging on by a thread, but still fighting. Uh, but very impressive what Idaho's been able to do. Break that one down for us. Idaho at Sac State. Uh, chance for either school, if they were to stay undefeated, boom, you are absolutely in the driver's seat, fast-tracking your way towards a Big Sky title and a playoff seat. Absolutely, yeah. And it, it is you know, certainly realistic that we could see a 9-0 and versus the FCS uh, Idaho squad, which wow. you know, depending on what happens, what happens elsewhere, you know, that could be a potentially a, a top three seed, top four seed. Um, and then on the flip side, Sac State, if they keep on winning, uh, you know, if the Hornets go eleven and zero, I think they would be the number one seed in the playoffs. And I honestly don't even think a ten and zero versus the FCS South Dakota State team would really be mad about not getting the number one seed because the, the Hornets would have uh, a dominant FBS win, and then what, three ranked wins, two against top 10 teams? Like, that'd be a hell of a resume right there for uh, Sac State. And so uh, the Hornets are, are looking good. Uh, but this should be a really fascinating uh, matchup because, you know, Sac State obviously can make some big plays uh, through the air. They have a lot of good pass catchers, but I think establishing the ground game with Wiscatabo is uh, what they want to do, at, you know, right away in games. Um, and Idaho has one of the better front sevens, you know, in the FCS has a really good rushing defense. And then, you know, on the flip side of the ball, you know, Jason Eck uh, just has, you know, <laughs> just just this thing about him where he does a really good job scheming up uh, defenses. And I just feel like he, he's um, going to find something in that Sac State defense where they can put, you know, whatever, 28, 31 points, you know, on the board. Then from there, it just be a matter of can the defense get enough stops. And so I think this is going to be a really fun game, and I can see it going either way. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, Bet MGM, FCS Senior Analyst here on Nuanas Now. You're listening to 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as maybe watching SWX Montana Television or on the ESPN MT app, no matter how you're coming uh, along with us. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, last couple things for you, Sam. Montana now has lost two in a row, and I know that you, uh, we've talked about Montana every week, and uh, there was a couple times when you said that they still needed to prove something to you against better opponents, and it seemed like Montana really didn't have any better opponents for their first five games of the year, and then they played a couple of good teams, and now they're sitting here on a two-game losing streak. So where are we at uh, with the Grizzlies, and how important is this game on Saturday uh, just in terms of playoff scenarios? Yeah, I, th- I think this one is especially uh, massive just to you know get right, get the, get the mojo uh, back on the side of, of Montana, you know, getting some more, maybe some national hype, you know, back behind them because, uh, yeah, even after starting five and zero, you know, I was still sitting there saying uh, that, yeah, the Grizz still need to prove it against top competition, but with how they're built, I really felt like they were good enough to win, um, you know, deep into the playoffs and, you know, you know, win into the semifinals, potentially win in the semifinals to make a run to Frisco just with how good the defense was and. Lucas Johnson, you know, certainly looked the part and outside weapons and offensive line. It was looking a lot better than it did 
last year. And so, you know, I felt really good about Montana. Um, and then obviously after losing two in a row, that cools off a little bit, but I still feel like, you know, if the Grizz win at Weber and then you expect them to win at home versus Cal Poly and Eastern Washington, all of a sudden you look at that brawl, the wild game and go, if Montana wins that one, that's, you know, a nine and two right. record with wins at top 10 teams, Sac State, yeah. Montana State, assuming MSU is, is going to be still highly ranked at that point. You know, that's a, I don't know. That's a top four seed, top five seed. You know, potentially. Uh, you know, obviously Idaho, Sac State will, would probably be ranked uh, seated ahead of Montana, and so it's not all. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't know what the mood is like over there uh, in Missoula. Yes, but it's you not, do, Sam. You know, the Grizz have lost two in a row. You know exactly <laughs> what the mood is like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's not great, but it's not. It can't all be doom and gloom just because there are opportunities. Uh, you know, ahead to get highly ranked wins, and so um, yeah, you get, go anywhere from a, a top five seed to you lose these two road games, and you finish seven and four. You know, there could be five or six, seven and four teams between the SoCon, CAA, the Big Sky, and the Missouri Valley, uh, and not all those seven one teams are are going to make it in. And so this season can go a lot of different ways for Montana. But just like I said, you know, a couple of minutes ago, I, I still really like the defense. I think it's a For top sure. three defense in the FCS. I I like the weapons. I like the running backs. I like the offensive line. I really like Lucas Johnson still, even though he struggled against Idaho. Uh, so I still think it's a really good team. It's just right now when you lose two games in a row, that's just kind of how the narrative works is is the national hype around you cools off for, for the time being. For sure. Also, the Grizz are just leaving a lot out there offensively, and I think that's why people around these parts, around the state of Montana, are very frustrated. But regardless, uh, as Sam Herter, Hero Sports, just put into perspective, if the Grizz run the table, they're still going to be a home playoff team basically until the semis at the very least, most likely. And I also think, though, they could, they could could there's other uh, paths to get in a first round by even if they don't fully run the table. But last thing for you, Sam, let's say the Grizz lose this weekend, and I think so much of that's going to be dependent on Lucas Johnson's availability after getting knocked out of the Sac State game and then what Montana does offensively if he's not available. I think that'll be a key. But let's say Montana falls on Saturday and then wins a couple home games in games they'll certainly be favored in. Will that then mean a win-in-your-in scenario for the Grizzlies in Bozeman? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, you know, eight and three—that would mean, yeah, Montana would be eight and three in this scenario if they do beat Montana State. Uh, and, and MSU with a buy and a couple winnable games is going to be highly ranked for that for that game. And so, yeah, if the Grizz lose this one, uh, then win out uh, certainly in the playoffs at eight and three. Don't know if that would be a seed, uh, but but certainly once uh, you know leave leave the Grizz out at, at eight and three uh, with that win, and it kind of feels like deja vu uh, a little bit in this scenario just because last year at this time um you know going into that brawl of the wild it was it was kind of might be the same thing this year where if montana state wins they're the number two seed uh then montana is playing on thanksgiving but if montana wins you know they're a higher seed and montana state goes from a potential number two seed to the number seven or eight seed that could be the exact same scenario uh <laughs> this upcoming november where montana state wins that game they are probably the number two or number three seed, depending on how Sac State finishes and South Coast State finishes, and they could potentially knock the Grizz out of the playoffs uh, if they if they do beat the Grizz, uh, along with the Grizz losing to Weber State to finish seven and four. Um, because you know, like I said, at seven and four, if Montana makes the playoffs, it's either because the bubble is very very weak or they just get in on you know name recognition alone, which isn't a bad thing when you when you carry the weight of the Montana Grizz, uh, you know, kind of reputation, but. You know, at seven and four, I don't know what win Montana would have to screen playoffs. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I think this game uh, is so huge, just because if Montana beats Weber State, and then we assume they beat Cal Poly and Eastern Washington, probably doesn't matter what happens in that Brawl Wild game. Uh, both of those teams would be in the playoffs. Sam Herter, Hero Sports. He joins us each Wednesday for the first segment of our uh, Wednesday show. Thanks for being here, Sam. We appreciate it. Go follow his stuff, HeroSports.com. We'll talk to you next week, man. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Sam Herter on Twitter or HeroSports.com. Best around when it comes to putting things in perspective on an FCS uh, national level. Appreciate Sam uh, for chiming in with us. The Bobcats have a bye. No media uh, in Bozeman this week in terms of press conferences or player interviews or anything like that, taking the week off. That's just fine, though. We'll still have our weekly Montana State Minute like we do each 4.30. 
uh, segment here on Wednesdays uh, on Nuanas Now. And this week, Alex Eshelman will join us. She's a reporter for SWX Montana Television over there in Bozeman. Alex, up next, Montana State Minute, coming at you in Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years' experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. I don't know how they're still sort of underrated. Maybe it's just because I live in Montana. I don't know. Queens of the Stone Age, man. I say it all the time, but if they were just ever anywhere close to here, I would just I'd figure out a way to go. It just sounds so fun. They're just so sweet. Dave Grohl's best band. Is that a weird hot take? I love the Foo Fighters, and I'm obsessed with Nirvana. So, I don't know. I love Queens of the Stone Age. Welcome back. Nuanas now. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here uh, on your Wednesday uh, a little while, we'll be giving you some Grizz Hockey tickets and some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. 888 is the number to remember if you want to be a part of the show, prizes or otherwise, 888-1029. So remember that number. Uh, Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, coming up here in about 15 minutes. Time now for our Montana State Minute, presented by J&V Restaurant Supply. J&V Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a scotty, you can score big with J&V. Everything you need for your next tailgate, J&V's got it. Or you're having a big family party, J&V's got it. Swing by their three locations, Bozeman, Billings, Great Falls. And if you can't make it in, visit online at jvrestaurant.com. Let's head out for our Montana State Minute, where we check in with the Montana State Bobcats. This time of year, almost all football, all the time. The Bobcats on a bye this week. So we welcome in one of our most reliable guests, Alex Eshelman. She's the uh, reporter there for SWX Montana Television in the Bozeman area. All sorts of stuff uh, going on around the wide world of Bozeman and Gallatin Valley sports. Alex, thanks for taking a minute. Been a little while. How you been? Walter, always love being on your show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. I've been doing well. How are you? Really good. I want to first start, before we get into some Bobcat stuff, a lot of stuff going on in the high school world of sports, and a lot of it is centering right there in Bozeman. This last weekend, mm-hmm. Bozeman High School won the State Cross Country Championship on the boys' side. That's nothing new, although I was kind of surprised it was their first title since 2019 <laughs> after they won, I think, 12 in a row at one point. Uh, but also a lot of other fun stuff going right. on. I mean, the Bozeman High, Bozeman Gallatin Crosstown football game was actually like a real rivalry with some playoff ramifications uh, this last week as well. So uh, a lot of fun stuff, and I know you have some soccer stuff coming up as people listen to this on a Wednesday that's what you'll be doing is covering some state soccer so just take us through what have you liked what have been your favorite stories so far of Bozeman area high school sports oh my gosh Coulter well to your point about the Bozeman cross country team you think of Duncan Hamilton right uh and and what he's been able to do beyond the Bozeman Hawks take it right into Montana State but it's been a jam-packed couple of weeks and a very exciting one also to your point we've got uh bozeman boys soccer and gallatin girls soccer on wednesday um 4 p.m and they will that's semifinals. so we'll see if they can you know get to the championship and then we've got missoula big sky taking on gallatin football this friday uh for the first round of playoffs so such an exciting time i think my favorite storyline to answer your question, gosh, there's 
I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite storyline. I'm just excited to know that it's across the board. Both Gallatin and Bozeman are having a lot of success. Um, and even beyond, uh, it was cool to see Belgrade boys clinch uh, their first, um, or get their first double A playoff win in double A program history uh, last week. And even Manhattan Christian cross country is doing well too. So all around the Gallatin Valley is having a good year. Montese Minute presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. JNV Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. It's tailgate season. Go check out jvrestaurant.com. They have all sorts of sweet stuff to get your tailgate all set up. Montana State football, they're on a bye this week, and I think everybody needs a little bit of a nap after last weekend's game. Alex, I've been covering the Big Sky Conference. This is year 16 for me. It's making me sound old, but regardless, that was the single craziest game I've ever covered. What was it like watching Montana State's 43-38 win over Weaver State from the sideline? Colter, you can't call yourself old. You're wise, okay? 16 years, wise, not older, all right? You're the best in the biz. You know everything uh, between both the Cats and the Grizz, so you are wiser. That was, I think, the, the statement that defines that game for most people was that was the craziest college football game, possibly football game I've ever watched. Um, and and I, multiple people said that. From you know, from people in the media world to fans to coaches, it was quite an experience. And then you add the element of pouring rain from start to finish, and then in the evening it turns into snow. So the, all the elements were there. But we've talked about this multiple times, Coulter, and I just think that this team is another special one and special yet different from last year. This year they they've had this chip on their shoulder, I think, of kind of being doubted going into the season. Um, you know, how are you going to follow up from the year of the Bobcat and all of this hype surrounding last year? And they have just done the Coach Vegan way, which is keep your head down one game at a time, next man up mentality, and just kept that humble confidence. That was a huge win. After seeing that win, Coulter, I want to get your thoughts on this, but it was kind of a moment where I go, okay, this is they can make they could really get back to the championship. I don't I don't want to get that far, but that's what I thought. I'm like, this is a really, really good team. It's such a, an interesting analysis because I was really thinking about it. I was thinking about since Brent Vegan took over as the head coach at Montana State. And I was thinking about how often there's been times in games where the Cats just flat aren't playing well. And how you really you could you could pick the games under Brent Vegan that Montana State has played excellent, has played really well from start to finish. You could pick those games on one hand. But when they have those games, they run teams right off the field like they did at Sam Houston last year, like they did against uh, UC Davis this year, like they did in the second half against South Dakota State last year. That's what I think is so brilliant about the style, and I think that's what's so reflective of the head coach at Montana State. Brent Vegan is one of the steadiest and most tempered coaches I've ever been around in any sport. I, I can truly say that, even though we're only in year two. And I think that that calmness and that no panic and that team mentality that he preaches, it plays out because the Cats didn't play well on Saturday. They were also down 24 to 9, and you could be sitting there having a full meltdown if you're Montana State and be fully justified. He gave up a punt and a kick in the same quarter for touchdowns. But no, they stay the course, they stick with the plan, they don't, you know, pull out all sorts of crazy stops or anything like that. They're just deliberate about what they do. They make the adjustments when they need to be adjusted. And I think it's it's exactly right. To get into a game like that on Saturday, I thought whatever team kept their head better would win. Well, I thought the Bobcats kept their head better, and I thought that was very reflective when I talked to Jay Hill, Weber State's head coach, after the game. Uh, He was very, very emotional, and I think that that's uh, just such a direct reflection and such a a testament uh, to Brent Vegan. Alex Eshelman, SWX Montana Television, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. And Alex, on that point, though, I mean, you're exactly right. This season couldn't have gone much better for Montana State, save when they gave up 68 points at Oregon State. Other than that, they've been great. They've been as advertised, if not better. And uh, now here they are, undefeated in Big Sky Conference play. 7-1 overall, ranked in the top three in the polls, going into their bye week. So, I mean, this is about exactly how you you would have hoped to navigate the schedule to this point, right? I mean, Montana State's in a prime position during their bye week. Ty Okada, just to ex- our, our whole conversation, and, and 
we love Ty Okada here. I mean, he, he might as well run for president. That guy, he knows he speaks well. He's going to be successful in anything that he does. But I also think, too, both of our points, Coulter, and, and anybody who's listening to this, you need to go to online and go watch the interview of Ty Okada after the game uh, on Saturday. And he had, I think, the best answer and quote of the entire season. And he said, coach preaches this all the time. We don't go by the, the phrase can't be beat. We say we won't be beat. It's this mentality, and Coach hits on it all the time, of, of won't be beat. And what that means is, you know, you talk about, you know, some teams have this mentality of can't be beat, and that's more so arrogant. You know, won't be beat is there's going to be things that happen in the game, and, and we're going to be able to respond because we f- refuse to just let things happen. You know, we're going to come back, we're going to fight, scratch, claw, do everything in our power to not, we won't be beat. His whole explanation of the phrase won't be beat, of saying we're not ever going to have a perfect game. We're going to be knocked down throughout the game. It's how we respond and how and our attitudes and, and the belief in this team that they've shown week in and week out. I really think they could do something special again this year, purely based off of the phrase won't be beat. That's their mentality. She's Alex Eshelman. You can find her great work. SWX Montana Television, ABC Fox, reporting on all things Bozeman and Gallatin Valley area sports. Alex, uh, anything big coming up? Any big plans for the bye week or any other stuff, any stories you're working on? What's going on with you with Montana State having the weekend off? Well, um, there is Cody Johnson coming to town, a little off the topic of sports, a country singer. So that's very exciting. He'll be performing at the Brick. I will be in attendance to that. But Back to the sports scene, we've got state soccer here. They will possibly be playing uh, in the Gallatin Valley on Saturday. We've got district volleyball coming up, both class B and C throughout this week. And then we have the start of high school football playoffs. So it just can't get much better than that culture. It definitely can't. Should be very fun. Both the double-A teams uh, in Bozeman into the double-A playoffs and uh, a ton of stu- fun stuff coming down the pipe. She's Alex Eshelman. She joins us here on the Montana State Minute. Alex, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Coulter. Always appreciate it. You have a big tailgate party, a big family gathering coming up. JV and J&V Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. Visit jvrestaurant.com. JNV Restaurant Supply, proud presenter of the Montana State Minute each Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. One of our most long-standing fun times, Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It's Grizz Hockey Style. Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey Head Coach, will join us next. We also have a dozen wings from the Despo, plus some Grizz Hockey tickets for you, so don't change that dial. Keep it right here, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. We take you around the wide world of sports and also talk a heck of a lot of music and have a lot of fun here each weekday uh, between 4 and 6. Each Wednesday, about 4.45, 4.50, leading up to the top of the hour, we always give you an opportunity to win a whole bunch of great things, some of your favorite things, actually, according to uh, the demand for all this stuff. On Wednesdays, we give you a dozen wings at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. I should say a dozen wings from at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We also give you an opportunity to uh, win some Grizz hockey tickets as well. Grizz hockey head coach Mike Anderson will join us. But first, let's do a little giveaway. We're going to have you text, though, because we're going to call Coach Anderson here in just a minute. Text us right now. Tell us what your favorite type of Desperado wing is. I prefer the hot teriyaki, but they have a whole variety of wings. Just text us about the wings, anything and everything. 406 888 
888-1029. That's 888-1029. We got tickets to Thursday and Friday's games for uh, Grizz Hockey coming up against the University of Mary. And uh, the Desperado always has the best wings you'll find anywhere in the city of Missoula. Grizz Hockey bounced back again last weekend. Uh, had a couple of tough losses to Montana State, but bounced back with a couple home wins against Washington State. So we go now to the uh, Ragage Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in, Mike Anderson, the head coach, co-head coach of the Grizz Hockey team. Uh, he'll join us each Wednesday during this 4:45 time slot. Uh, coach, thanks for being here. First of all, just tell us what went well last weekend. Couple wins over Washington State, so back on the winning side. Uh, what'd you like about your team? Uh, we played our our structure again pretty well. Got a lot of shots on net, and uh, you know, ended up scoring a lot of goals. Our power play looked pretty good. Uh, wasn't overly impressed with our effort and focus level, but again, it was a team that that didn't bite us. But we had a good uh, week of practice so far, and we're really excited for this Thursday game. A uh, in terms of what we talked about last week, how, how did the team translate that? I mean, did, did you see progress in the areas you thought you needed growth, in the areas you thought you needed corrected coming off of the the Montana State uh, losses? Uh, yes and no. Some some of those areas we definitely did, um, and others we, we saw a, a little bit of a step back in some ways. But um, really, it's, it's tough when you play teams like that that, you know, nothing against them. We're just at a, a different level of commitment to, to our club hockey team than they are, and, and it can be really difficult to get up for those games. But So on that side of things, our intensity and focus weren't quite but some of the structural stuff, we had a really strong second period. We all shot them 31 to 1 on Saturday, which is absurd. Um, but that's what it should have been all weekend, really. And that, that was sort of what we're going to focus on is what we were doing in those moments. And it was a lot of off puck movement. It was a lot of intensity. It was playing on our on our toes, not our heels. Those coach cliches where they came out in the second that period. So we're going to focus on that. Love it. Mike Anderson joining us. It's our Wing It Wednesday, Grizz Hockey Style, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Keep those texts coming in, 406-888-1029. Text us about those wings, and you'll get some wings, plus uh, some Grizz Hockey tickets. Uh, The University of Montana plays at home Thursday against the University of Mary, and then on the road at Eastern Washington. Friday, Saturday. So, first of all, let's tell us about University of Mary. Uh, for those that know, they know that's uh, probably the best team you guys have played so far, at least in terms of their recent success and, and uh, program history. Yeah, University of Mary is like the NDSU of uh, the FCS level. They have won the last two national titles. They're a relatively new program. Um, I think it's their fourth or fifth year, but they come in with a pretty hefty team budget, and they are they treat it Pretty much, it is it is a school program with a lot of money behind it, and uh, they it shows they're really good. They brought in a really talented group right away, and they just filled it in with better and better players. They have really strong goaltending, super structured, and they they play a game that uh, you know we hope to be playing uh, by the end of our year as well. They're very uh, particular about what type of shots they take. They're possession focused. They work really hard, so it's a huge challenge for us. But it is a lot like NDSU coming to play to play the Grizz football team. It's it's the best of the best of our level, and we're really excited to have them. When it comes to just how advanced uh, they are, just from a, a pure hockey standpoint, what do they do well? I mean, what, when you watch them, what does it look like? It honestly looks like slower than you'd think because they're such in such good position consistently. They don't have to work overly hard because overall they're playing as a five-man unit consistently. So it, what it'll look like is on uh, in their defensive zone, they're never leaving net front uh, open. When the, we get a puck in the high slot, there's always sticks in your face. In neutral zone transitions, they're always getting up ice and spread out. In the offensive zone, they always have a presence up high. They always have someone on the puck. They always have someone pinching. Like They're just always in the right place. When you watch them, you're kind of like, they don't – they don't seem to be moving too fast, but they're never out of position, and they're, they're always, always on puck. So they're 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 pretty. They're a really, really good team. We're excited to to play them and see what we can do. You guys have kind of been in the rhythm of playing Friday, Friday, Saturday. Now you got three uh, in a row starting on Thursday. So what's that adjustment like? Uh, we did it a couple times last year, and by by Saturday, you know, guys are 
it's a little bit different, but the you know when you're playing on Thursday, we've managed to get three practices in on Monday. They had a little captain skate. Uh, Tuesday we had our normal, and today we had our normal. We just made it to pregame, so it isn't too much different for us. Um, but it's just a matter of getting used to it. The next three weeks we do that. We play three next weekend as well, and then we play four down in Utah. So it's just sort of the the life of uh, ACHA Division Two. You just play a lot of games. The NDSU of that ACH Division Two University of Mary in Missoula on Thursday to take on the Grizz hockey team. The puck drops uh, at Glacier Ice Rink at 7.30. If you want a pair of tickets to that home match, call us right now, 406. Excuse me, text us right now, 406-888-1029. We can't take your call because Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey head coach, joining us here uh, on Nuanas now. But text us right now, 406-888-1029. We got a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill and a couple tickets to Thursday night's game. Uh, hockey game against the University of Mary. Uh, last thing for you, Coach, then what, what are the keys uh, for Montana uh, if you guys are going to pull off something against one of the best teams in the country? We have to play harder than we ever have, and we have to play uh, structured and, and follow our our uh, our systems and the way we want to do things. And if we do that, if we play as hard as we can and if we play structured, it'll be a really good game and we have a chance to beat them. If we don't, you know that'll, but that's for any team, really. It's just it's just all heightened against the team of you, Mary's level. So you just have to be ready to go from puck drop as a, a collective and as each individual. So we had a really good week of practice. Those guys were flying around today, so I think think they have the right mindset and film tonight and just reinforce some things. And they're going to be excited. You know, when we played teams like Providence last year, who were at this level, we we answered that challenge. So I'm excited to see what we do. Mike Anderson, Chris Hockey, they're back at home Thursday night. 7.30, puck drops at the Glacier Ice Rink. Coach Anderson, thanks for being here, man, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. See you, Colter. You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. One more time, keep those texts coming. Tell me what your favorite flavor of wings are from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. 406-888-1029. We'll choose a text, and uh, we'll pick a winner, and you'll get a pair of Grizz Hockey tickets to, to see one of the best opposing visiting teams to the Glacier Ice Rink all season long, University of Mary in Missoula on Thursday. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. 